Happy holidays, y'all, and welcome to Asvel's Coast to Coast. My name is Chris. I'm filling in for the incredibly charismatic Gavril, who is trying to regrow his pinky finger after a horrible Christmas shopping accident. Joining me this week, uh, the always annoying Kevin. Hello. And our two amazing guests this week, the lovely Arlie. Hi. And the filthy Rusky that is Nikolai. Привет. <laughs> Last week, Kevin and Gavril spoke about achievements. Uh, and this week, we are doing a year in review of the Battle.net platform. And we're going to be sharing our opinions on all those events from this year. So hit me with your best shot. We're going to hit him with our best shot right mm. into today's show. Hi, people. How we doing? Hey, Chris. Doing well. We all good? Good. Let's talk about what we've done this week in gaming. So let's throw it to our guests. Uh, Arlie, what have you done this week? Um, let's see. We did more raiding in Antorus and killed new stuff. So that was exciting on Heroic. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. I don't even remember. Last week was a blur. <laughs> I did a little of Destiny, and now I'm a whopping level 10. Yay. Awesome. <laughs> and, oh, the new, last uh, part of the DLC season pass for Final Fantasy 15 came out, and I played that, and I cried a lot. So, yay. Nice. Um, <laughs> yeah. Why did you cry? Um, Because this Spoilers. episode was all about my favorite character, and... In the course of the main game, something happens to him where he gets hurt pretty badly. So it was upsetting for me to see mm. how all that happened. Did he lose a pinky? <laughs> no. Okay. So, Arlie, since this is your first time on the show, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and um, where they can find you? Okay. Um, so, let's see. I've been playing WoW since uh, 2005, so for a while. Um, and that was actually my first MMO, so yay. Um, I play a lot of games. I write about video games for MMORPG.com, and I have a blog, MMORLE.com, but it's kind of neglected, so yeah. (laughs) And I play lots of different kinds of games, so I think that's about it for me. (laughs) Very cool, very cool. Neki? Yes. What about yourself, buddy? What have you done in gaming? And then tell us a bit about yourself. And like, like this week or this week, however long. Cool. So I mean, uh, I've been away for like three months, and when I got back, I played a lot of um, the Destiny stuff. And then uh, me and Chris were uh, competing, or uh, freaking Gavril, um, are competing in uh, Hearthstone to see who clears all the dungeons first in the dungeon runs. Who's so currently winning? Yeah, I'm winning. Actually, quite Is that how many have you done? Or are you just no, I'm it? I'm actually winning by okay. like two characters, I think. Cool. Nice. So yeah, it's it's uh, he's not happy about that, and I am. So it works out. Tell us a little bit about yourself. This is the first time being on the show, right? It was the second he's time. been on the show before. Has he been on? Returned. Oh, I think this was when. Yeah. I, yeah, this was one of the shows I missed. Yes, okay, I, I cool. have returned. <laughs> Kevin, what about yourself? What have you done in gaming? Um, I did some of the Antares raid this week. Uh, I raid with Arlie, so we cleared normal, and mm-hmm. we got the first two bosses down on a heroic. 
Very cool. And then wiped a bunch to the High Council. May I suggest going Portal Keeper or uh, Eonar first? They are the easier of the of those. That's three. That suggestion was uh, made, but the raid leader kind of swept it aside. We were kind of already there. So fair enough. Anyway, um, and then Arlie and some others from the guild helped me to get my Merrymaker achievement. So Yay. that's the first time I got Yay. that. Woohoo! Um, it was very interesting having to go to a lot of different places in the old world, having to do some PvP as a gnome. Um, well, everyone <laughs> was a gnome, but you know, building up on that, what a long, strange trip it's been. Yes, uh, it was very fun. Now I'm wearing my Merrymaker achievement proudly. Um, as you should. I just need to get a red hat, and then my uh, Christmas time will be complete. So. Well- during Christmas, I'm I've because now you can transmog during the event. I've just transmogged into the red hat and I've got the ugly Christmas sweater. Nice. So I've just got my demon hunter running around in a red hat and an ugly Christmas sweater. <laughs> it looks adorable. Nice. Um, and in Destiny, I got to power level three thirty one. Um, been playing a lot of Destiny over the past several weeks. Uh, this week, the dawning came out, which we'll talk about later, and um, have been doing a lot of that. So it's been very fun. Very cool. Awesome. Yeah. Um, myself, what have I been doing? Uh, Heroes of the Storm, I finally did my team league placements. I got to plat one. Sweet. I went eight and two. I was so happy. I didn't expect to go eight and two, but I did. <laughs> um, uh, Raiding in the Taurus, I've actually swapped back to my Demon Hunter because we don't have a tank and I was already geared, so that was easy. <laughs> um... Did our normal raid, we did uh, a normal clear, and then we did the first four in heroic. And then last night we took our alts, which was my first time on the Demon Hunter tanking it, and we cleared that on normal. That was fun. Uh, and I'm doing more with my D&D campaign. It's a Circulus Homebrew that my good friend Crashbang is doing. Um... I want people to listen to it because it's amazing. Since episode one, he's made this joke um, whenever one of the players annoyed him. Okay, so rocks fall and everyone dies. Uh, last week, rocks fell, everyone almost died. <laughs> <laughs> um, we ended up in some cavern underneath the city and we're trying to make our way out of it. So that's a lot of fun. And I highly recommend people listen to it and play it. And I wasn't even invited. You weren't invited because this has been, this this campaign has been going on for months. <laughs> Still hurt feelings. No, oh, did you? Uh, but if you do want to listen to it, I will have a, we will have a link in the show notes. So yeah, sweet. And that's what everyone's been doing. So let's move on to listener feedback. Do we have any? <laughs> um, the listener feedback that we did get this week um, was from Discord. So hey, uh, a friend Discord. of the show. Vincent Minucci did start a Discord discussion about Destiny 2 and mostly um, talked about how Bungie is failing at Destiny 2 in terms of what's been released and not correcting mistakes from Destiny 1, mm-hmm. having it not be worth 60 bucks, having mm-hmm. the expansion not be worth it, basically poo-pooing the entire thing, but then coming around and saying, hey, it's fun, it looks good, play it if it's cheap. So I don't know what other people think about that, but that's been a very large discussion that's been going on in the Destiny community 
over the past several weeks. As someone who played the first game and completed it in its entirety, I actually kind of agree. There's a lot of failings on Destiny 2 that are essentially mirrors of the first first, uh, Destiny. There's a lot of improvements, um, but a lot of those same failings are still there. Um, And I don't currently think it's worth $60. And I do think the expansion was a little small compared to what it should have been. Well, but it's still especially a good game. for it to be an expansion as opposed yeah. to like DLC. Yeah, agreed. But I still think it's a game. It's fun, especially when I'm jumping in and doing stuff with my friends. It's one of those games where I feel like I cannot play it on my own because I just get bored. If I'm playing it with a group of friends and we are laughing and insulting each other constantly, then it's fun. Well, see, you should play it with me because then you'll die laughing at me falling off of everything because I can't jump, so. (laughs) (laughs) I second that. We'll see how that goes. I'll do that with you. We'll see how that goes, lovely. We do have some shout-outs for listeners over the past seven days. Um, The top countries are U.S., U.K., Czech Republic, Canada, and Ireland. So welcome Ireland to the top five. Woo! Irish brothers! Woo! Your way, say. Your way, say. <laughs> Moving um, on to right. the news. Let's, yeah, let's move on to the news. What we're going to do is we're going to do some quick news because we have a lot to talk about for 2017 in regards to Blizzard. So, uh, Kevin, what's happening in Warcraft this week? Warcraft Winter Vale is still going on. It started on the 16th and it will last until January 2nd. Uh, we also had Wing 2 of LFR open for the uh, Argus raid. That started on the 19th of December. And the World Quest bonus event is currently live until Tuesday. Awesome. Yeah. So get your extra rep for World Quests and your order hall resources. Let's throw a spanner in the works. Arlie, you want to tell us a little bit about Overwatch? Uh <laughs> Just what's there, honey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she doesn't have the show notes up, you can tell. Yeah, yeah I do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you said Overwatch? Yeah, mm-hmm. go for Overwatch, honey. Okay. Um, that has Winter Wonderland for the 12th through January 1st, and there's a new digital comic, Yeti Hunt. Yeti Hunt. Uh, Kevin, I think you know a bit about that. Who's actually in this comic? Who's featured in this one? May is featured in this comic because this coincides with the Winter Wonderland event, Yeti Hunt, um, where you get a bunch of maids together and fight a Winston. Oh, it's like that. Um, there's an actual game where it's you're attacking so, uh, something. Oh, I can't remember what the game. Yeah, called. yeah, yeah. It's a survival mode kind of game. Yeah. Exactly. So they released a little digital comic to kind of go with that event that came out. That actually awesome. sounds hilarious. It does. I haven't had a chance to try it, um, but it does sound a lot of fun. And we were talking right. before the show about how we love me. <laughs> so. Yeah. So basically, there's five Maze and one Winston. The Winston goes around and collects power-ups. If he connects, if he collects enough power-ups, he goes into an enrage mode and he can kill May. 
if he doesn't collect the power-ups, the maze try to chase him and kill him. And they also Before have a new ability him. that can trap him so that, um, you know, they can trap him in one place and get him down. Nice. It's like a boss fight almost. And you can control Winston or May when you go into the game mode. Very cool. Yeah. So I say we gang up on Nikolai after the show. I agree. Both <laughs> this decision. Speaking of Nikolai, Neki, why don't you tell us a bit about Hearthstone? Because Gavis and here, and you're the closest thing we have to a Hearthstone guy. Um, really, the only thing I've been playing is dungeon runs because they're really annoying but really addictive. And um, yeah, you just basically. <clears throat> He is not looking at the show notes at all. <laughs> not at all. Um, and <clears throat> they should be expected. And, um, yeah. So Dungeon okay. Runs, you just have a uh, character. You go and you do, uh, you know, eight bosses. They vary. You have, like, different abilities you can choose and stuff. And it's it's just really fun because it's, like, every time it's different. So you don't know what you're going to get, what cards you're going to get, what abilities you're going to get. So it's kind of a crapshoot, but it's really fun at the same time. Do you, Nikolai? Yeah, I got it. I got it. It's fine. Go ahead. I got it. (laughs) So, uh, Hearthstone, uh, the Winter Wonderville event is live from the 17th of December through to the 30th of December. Uh, The Winter Wonder event, I'm just trying to get the information up because Nikolai was supposed to have it. (laughs) Lies and deceit. And there's supposed to be a uh, brawl, I believe. Yes, there's a brawl associated with it. Uh, which I'm getting up now. So, um, uh, the reward for winning your first tavern brawls is three festive uh, uh, frosty Knights of the Frozen Throne card packs, and the Great Father Kobold event is up for it. The rules for this is that the Great Father Kobold will drop off some tastefully wrapped uh, gifts on turn one uh, through turn four on each side of the board. Uh, for a total of eight gifts. If the unwrapped gifts, uh, you'll receive a legendary minion that costs three or fewer mana to play, and this will be up throughout the entirety of the event. It's just a tavern brawl. It, it's it's instant legendaries when you're playing. It sounds a lot of fun. See, I was playing so many dungeons, I, I didn't even know anything about that, so... <laughs> Uh, Heroes of the Storm, the Winter Wondervale event is also live there. We've got through December 12th, uh, all the way through to the 9th of January. I think that's the longest one of all the Blizzard Winter, uh, winter events. Yep. Um, which is including a lot of new skins. We've got a Malfiel skin, Great Father, uh, Winter Malfurion. There's a Valis skin for Christmas. Um, you've got rotating brawls, uh, throughout the entire month, as always. Um, new, uh, Team, a new team league and hero league has started as well uh, during this event so all of that's available on all of the said games so if you want to try out any of the winter wonder events they're all available just now kevin yep. talk about destiny for us love okay in destiny there's an event going on called the dawning um what you're going to do is log in go to ikora and there's a present next to her you pick that up and it tells you to like kill Thrall or collect, you know, data cubes on some planet. You collect those, put them together, and they give you a present. Um, I was able to get a new ship and a piece of gear, so that's pretty fun. Uh, Crucible Mayhem is also an event that's going on right now, which is the PvP event, 
Mayhem means that your abilities charge faster. There is a known bug with uh, Warlocks right now with their uh, super ability charging too fast, but they said they're not going to be able to patch it. But um, yeah, it sounds fun. I haven't been able to do any of the PvP stuff yet. Um, and in general, there's just new ships, emblems, and gear for the Dawning that are all themed for the Dawning. So go in, pick that stuff up, check it out. And uh, the other thing that happened was that there was a comic that was released, comics.bungie.net. Um, and one of the interesting things about this is the final page of the comic had a Morse code above the um, title Destiny 2. And when you plug that in, well, you plug the corresponding values into the Bungie website, you get a free engram. So um, I actually linked that in our Discord. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Um, I hear there's some Christmas sales going on. Um, Arlie, do you want to go through them at the bottom there? Um, yep, they got a bunch of stuff on sale. Um, you can pick up Warcraft if you don't have it for $10. Um, I saw Destiny was at $39. Uh, I think Legion's on sale too if you don't have that expansion yeah. somehow. $25, yep. Yeah, and Overwatch is on sale for $20. Is 30 for the... the deluxe Game edition. Yeah. edition. Yeah. Yep. And Diablo's on sale for twenty dollars, which is cool. And that's both the base game and the expansion, correct? That's right. Cool. So that's all the news. Um, let's jump into our main topic. Uh, again, we're going to be discussing a year in review of World of Warcraft, Diablo, Hearthstone, Heroes of the Storm, Overwatch, Starcraft, and Destiny. Everything on the Balnet platform. We're going to talk about the big events for the year and give our opinions on them. Uh, we're going to do it one game at a time. Start off with the Behemoth and start off with Warcraft. All right. So, <laughs> the first big change that I think we all agreed upon was the significant change to Blizzard's rating philosophy, especially when it comes to the release dates. Typically in the past, we've seen raids released on the major content patches. Uh, so, for example, we've got Ice Crown at 3.3. Um, we got uh, the Siege of Orgrimmar at 5.4. This time around, we're getting raid releases on the 0.5 patches, the minor content patches. So, for example, Nighthold, that's been in the game since launch of Legion. We didn't get access to it until 7.15. So, major change in the dynamic there. It's really kind of thrown the community for a loop sometimes because, like, you'll see people like, oh, my God, it's coming out so soon because they'll be doing the major content. But then it's just it's habit of that's when you expect it. So you have it in your mind, even though you know that they're not going to do it. It's a little crazy. Exactly. I I personally like it. Yeah. No, I like it a lot. I feel like their pacing has been great. But it's definitely been a an adjustment to get mm-hmm. used to thinking of it that way, because like Can they've been doing it on major ones for like ever. Yeah, always. Uh, Kevin, what were you gonna say? I mean, it's nice to be able to know that it's patched in and that they're potentially working out additional bugs before it's actually opened up. I mean, I just look at it that way. You know, it's the ability to make sure that it gets into the game, and then you know when we're actually ready for it, then they open it up for us. Plus, it does come down to the way that they're actually 
their patch philosophy has changed for Legion because we've seen the 0.5 patches have been major class redesign patches. And if they stuck to their previous philosophy of releasing raids on a major content patch, that's the we're going to get major class changes in the middle of a tier. And that's something that I think all of us will agree would be a bad thing. Yep. So the fact that we're getting the raids with the class changes, everyone's kind of going in at an equal footing with, okay, the, we've all had major class changes. We're all kind of just figuring stuff out again. Well, I also think doing it on the smaller patches has helped them with the pacing better because in the past they've had issues with releasing the next raid tier too soon or too late. And I feel like yeah. their timing has been much more spot on of where they needed it to be. Well, the last two expansions were perfect examples of that. Missa Pandaria, everything was coming out so fast. And then Warlords of Draenor, it felt like nothing was coming out. Mm-hmm. So... And- there was definitely moments in uh, Warlords where it was like, holy crap, can we slow down for a second? So, Chris, let's get into some of the major releases over the past year in World of Warcraft. What happened in the 7.1 patch or 7.1.5 patch? Yes, so we got uh, the ad- we got the conclusion of the initial launch tier of Miss of Miss of Pandaria. Nope, of uh, Legium. So the initial tier uh, comprised of uh, the Nightmare, Emerald Nightmare. Nightmare. Yep, <laughs> I couldn't remember. I couldn't remember <laughs> the word Emerald there for a second. <laughs> Emerald Nightmare, the Trial of Valor, and then the Nighthold, which was released at seven one five. We also got the introduction of Mesa Pandaria Time Walking, uh, a favorite of mine because I love those dungeons. And the Brawler's Guild, which was a system introduced in Mists of Pandaria. Um, big, big stuff that came out there, because the Brawler's Guild was something we, we, we were asking for us at the start, start of Legion. And it's a system that's just nice to jump into. Agreed? I haven't jumped into it. Really? I, oh, no. you need to. I haven't. I mean, I don't have the nostalgia for it either, because I never did it previously. That was not really a nostalgia thing. It's more of just a fight club type thing. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I did it previously and it was a lot of fun and I've gotten my invitation for this one. I just haven't gone and done it yet. I keep meaning to. Well, they've added new brawls uh, for this expansion. So it's mm-hmm. not just upgraded versions of the old ones like it was in Warlords. We do have new brawls, including one that's Overwatch themed. Oh, really? Cool. Yes. There's an Overwatch themed brawl. I didn't know that. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucking good. Genuinely. The, I think from last year's Brawlers Guild, where it was literally just an upped version of the level 90 stuff, it's a nice change of pace to just have a re, re, re-envisioned system with all these new fights. Because I don't think there is a single in the going up from one rank 1 to rank 8, I don't remember a single copy fight. I think they were all new Brawls going up. That was really nice. What did you think about Nighthold? What are our thoughts looking back on that? As a tank, I fucking hated that raid. As a tank, I loved that raid. <laughs> you were a paladin, weren't you? No. Oh, God, you were no. You were a fucking druid. You were a whore. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, I hate druids in that raid. You're just jealous. Yes, I am. I was a demon hunter. We had one magic mitigation. You had an Aww. active magic mitigation. Aww. Can I say this is unbearable? <laughs> oh, you're the worst. Yay. Paladins and druids were happy. 
Nope. Everyone else hated it. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I think um, the only fight I didn't like in there was Gul'dan on Heroic, just because I hated the extra ad that spawned. But other than that, it was fun. Gul'dan on Heroic wasn't that bad. It wasn't too much magic damage that I had to deal with. <laughs> and... The Demon Hunter mobility allowing me to jump around the battlefield wherever needed was great on that fight. Yeah. Um, I just feel like the fights were too hard in general. Oh no, I th- I actually think the Nighthold has been one of the best balanced tiers uh, for def- for I th- for the general sense of difficulty, I think Nighthold has been one of the best balanced raids. Yeah, for me the only ones that I recall as being really hard is what's her face so that was in the courtyard. Yes, was she a was a brick wall. She and was, then she was bot- most guilds brick walls. Yeah, and botanist. I I swear we did that fight well one time, and the rest we of the kill- time it was a little bit like, oh my god. <laughs> we killed him once and never went back <laughs> <laughs> because it was because it wasn't linear. We killed him once and like, okay, we have done it. Never again. <laughs> That's funny. I and didn't like Star Augur. Person actually needed something from that fight, and he got it on the first kill. So we were just so happy to never need to go back there. You didn't like Star Augur, Kevin? No, it was too difficult. Oh, I love really? that fight! Genuinely, Star Augur was my favorite fight in that tier. I mean, I can see hmm. how it would be annoying from a healer perspective, but... It was just a lot of Kevin and I spoke yeah. about this earlier. Kevin doesn't like stress healing. <laughs> yeah. Like, the, my, the healers in my guild thrive on stress healing. They love yeah. the fact that I'm a demon hunter because I'm spiky as fuck. They love it. <laughs> All right, let's move on to seven point two point zero, the Broken Shore. Uh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you're getting about the Broken Shore. Just us complaining. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like Tanan Jungle, but smar- smaller and worse. Yeah, and less and, and laid out a lot worse. Oh my god, yeah. Tanan Jungle at least had a bit of a layout. Broken like, Shore was just everything thrown together. The also like the one quest a week thing, like ugh, that just frustrated me. My biggest part about the bro- my biggest complaint about the Broken Shore, and it's something I've complained about on this show multiple times. This the end quotations story mode that they gave us for that for the storyline they gave us for that was literally just you doing stuff that you would do on a daily basis on the Broken Shore anyway. Yeah. There was yeah. nothing actual story progression about it. It was just, okay, we need to draw out 11 weeks. Well, there was a little <laughs> bit. There was a little bit of like, we need to get these things done um, in order to be able to get in the tomb. But that was... Maybe two, maybe three weeks. Yeah. And it was spread out so much that you kind of lost the thread of what it was. like. The, the other eight was- weeks was just nothing. Yeah, and worst one was when you had to go around collecting those stupid chests. Oh my god! Yep. Oh. Or need, need I you remind you of the collect, flying? Collect one nether shard quest. Oh my! Oh, that pissed me off. So I wanted much. to punch Cadgar so bad. Don't get me wrong; it was a nice little throwback to the whole. I need I need you to get me one thousand four hundred and twenty six. Uh huh. Um, what were they called? I don't oh remember. God, what they uh, crystals or something like that. Yeah. Um, I, and it, it was the quest. The quest text was something like, 
nothing more, nothing less. This is exactly what I need. Something like that. Like one more would be ridiculous and any less is not enough or something. Yeah, something like that. It was a nice little throwback to that. But at the same time, it was like, I have just ground out 5,000 of these fucking shards and Mm -hmm. you only need one. You can suck my left testicle and make my right one jealous Gadgar. (laughs) What about Nikolai? I'm interested to hear what he thinks about the Broken Shore because I know that's content that he played. I think he's dead. Um, basically, uh, I didn't really have any complaints about it. I just kind of did it. I mean, because I've had so many times in Legion where I've just been like not here. So I've been like in and out. So I didn't really have time to get bored of, I guess, the content. So I just kind of had like a couple weeks where I just enjoyed myself, enjoyed my Shadow Priest, and, and then I was gone. So I didn't really, really... I feel like I did the 11 weeks in like two weeks because I came back a little later. So, Oh, essentially that's what I did. Because I knew because I knew it was going to be 11 weeks of practically nothing, I waited until like week 10 and then did it all in one sitting. Then it felt like actual content. Yeah, that's why I didn't really have any complaints because I kind of just unintentionally did it that way because I was just trying to catch up on a whole bunch of things and I, I had a great time at Legion, no complaints. We're gonna talk about the. We're gonna we're gonna now talk about the uh, the elephant in the room. We're gonna open that can of worms. Calm Flying. 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 Well, first of all, in order to get the discussion started, I'm glad that Antorus doesn't have flying, so that all the people who complained about getting That's flying have something problem. to really complain about now. Yeah, now they have something to really fucking complain about. <laughs> So, so we got we got flying in seven point two. Um, it was unlocked through the similar Pathfinder chain as the Warlords of Draenor flying, which, by the way, it had a lot of requirements initially because you had to do part one, and then you had four stages to do for part two. They then removed that to three. They then removed that down to two, and it was like, was there even really anything we had to do for flying at that point? Well, you had to grind rep. I mean, that was people's main problem with it. No, the main problem wasn't the rep. The main problem wasn't the rep. The main problem was the fucking uh, invasion events. That was the main problem. They were designed poorly. Before it was removed. Yeah, that's why they took that out. Rep is not hard. Rep is like something you can do in like three days. It's not hard. You know what was the most difficult part of getting flying for me? (laughs) Was... The last thing I could do needed to do, I needed to find the stupid hunter class hall thing to clear out that last part of one of the maps, and I could not find it. I think LB oh. finally showed me where it was because yeah. I was like, I know it's somewhere here, but I, I can't was the, do it. I was the same with the Druid Order Hall. I didn't really? know where in Valshra that thing was. Hmm. I had no fucking clue. Yeah, those were kind of just dead areas on the map that say turn back if you're not that class. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of annoying. Um, But yeah, the main issue with the flying achievement before it was removed was the invasion stuff. Once that was removed, it kind of became a, right, well, you can do this in like three days now, so have at it, horse. Yeah. I didn't like the fact that those invasion events were cycling and they would just randomly cycle at random times and you didn't you never knew when you were going to see one. 
The problem, yeah, that's that was the problem with the invasion events. That it, they were cycling at the weirdest times when people were at work or when people were asleep. They never actually cycled during peak. That is true. Yeah. That is the big. If they had cycled them so that they showed up at least one a day during peak times, problem solved. You can keep yeah. it in the achievement, but they never fixed it. They just kept it cycling randomly. Well, like if they had kept it in there, I wouldn't have gotten flying for a long time. It literally took me months to be able to get the high mountain invasion because it kept happening when I wasn't around. It was frustrating. Yeah. But yeah, so then that's why it was such a big frustration that it got removed. But again, it would have been something that would have been easily fixed. Cycle it properly. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. 7.2.5 saw Tomb of Sargeras and Black Temple time walking. Yeah, I was excited about the Black Temple Time Walker. That was nice. We did it once and then never again. Yeah. I do it every Black. T- I do it every Burning Crusade Time Walker. Well, I I'd like to it. do it more, but the problem is, is getting enough people together to do it. And then, like, because we're super casual and nobody wants to give up a raid, regular raid night to do it. And I was also a little frustrated because everything up to Illidan was super, super easy. And then Illidan, you still had to do things right to kill him, which I don't I know. do think there was a there was definitely a, a balancing issue there. I think a lot of the mechanics that we saw back in the day during Black Temple were heavily nerfed and just weakened down. I mean, I understand it's a time walking event. Everyone's supposed to be able to do it. But at the same time... You know, give us a little bit of something. Make it feel like Black Temple again. Yeah, like, I wish it was either all, like, you had to pay attention and do things at least somewhat right, or it was all just easy and you could do whatever. Like, having the one boss where you actually needed to do things right at the end, it's just, it was a drastic change. I was like, ah. Which worries me about Ulduar. Mm Mm-hmm. But the good thing about Ulduar is they have said it's going to be flexible. So it will scale between 10 and 40 people. It will scale between 10 and 30 people. That's good. Yeah. Um, so Ulduar's coming 10 and 30 people. Very excited for that. Let's just hope they get the difficulty right this time. Tumas Sargeras. <laughs> Thoughts? I, I, I actually liked the raid for the first couple of months. I thought it was a really good raid. It was solid on the difficulty. It did have a problem, though, with, I think, the last, the last, okay, Kill Jaden was too easy. And the one before it, Avatar, Avatar was the difficulty that Kill Jaden should have been. And Kill Jaden was the difficulty that Avatar should have been. Mm. the brick wall and the difficult one in that raid. Kill Jaden isn't. Well, I don't know. For us on Heroic, Kill Jaden was like the major blocker. It, it, we That was the one that we killed once and then never did again because it was just a pain in the ass. Uh, I rep- when it, For us, for my guild at least, it wasn't the mechanics or DPS or healing or tanking. It was always, our problem was just people not showing up. Uh-huh. Once, once we got our full raid group back, we one-shot it. We one-shot Kill Jaden. Avatar was the problem from the get-go. When we got to him on Heroic, he was our brick wall. We spent at least three, maybe four weeks trying to kill him alone. And then we one-shot fucking Kill Jaden. It was just such a downer. 
The fights were just so all over the map, and a lot of them really, really hard, and it just felt bad. Like, I'm not complaining about difficulty in regards to, oh, it's too hard, because the harder the better. But give us a fucking actual curve. Make the difficulty go from, okay, this is okay, this is okay, and then just scale it up to brick walls. Scale it properly. Don't have one fight before the last boss be the brick wall. Mm Mm-hmm. And there were some nights in Tomb of Sargeras where it was just like, show up for raid and die the entire night. And then go. That's raiding. That's raiding. That doesn't feel good. But that's raiding. Mm. Okay. 246 attempts on Ice Cream Citadel, Arthas Heroic. (laughs) That's raiding. (laughs) Okay. Moving on. Let's now talk about 7.3.0, the Argus patch. The patch where flying became obsolete. <laughs> was was Argus better than the Broken Shore? Oh, Miles. Oh, my yeah. God, Miles. The story was better. Yeah, the story in Argus was beautiful. I went through, because I've just redid my Demon Hunter, so my Demon Hunter just went through Argus today. Oh, I love that story. So good. What what makes it better than the Broken Shore other than the story? Uh, well, we got three zones rather than one cluster zone. We got three zones that were very defined and very. If okay, you look at Macri, you know what Mac, you you can tell it's Macri right away. Right. You look at Antorus, you can tell it's Antorus right away. Um, th- there was three zones that were very distinct in what they were, rather than just being a clusterfuck of. Okay, this is the broken shore. We need this place, this part to be failed, this part to be this, this part to be that. It was there was no distinction for broken shore. It was just a bomb's hit here. These places are nice. These places are just hell. Even though we we knew nothing about any bombs hitting there. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, I mean I like the uh, Argus better than the broken shore too. I mean I think that it's nice that they have like specific. Um, like profession stuff like there was new mining nodes mm. um there was stuff to do it was varied it felt more like the broken isles instead of the broken shore and it was distinct in this way that it, you, it, you, it was obviously a, a different planet like it everything there it felt nothing like azeroth which was again a good part of making it feel like its own place rather than just an attachment to the legion expansion Harley, what do you think? Um, I mean, I agree. It was. <laughs> and what about we said Nikolai? all the good things, didn't we? <laughs> Nikolai, I know, has done some Argus as well. I have indeed. What do you think of it? Um, it's all right. No, I mean, I haven't really. I kind of got bored, honestly, at that point. Like. I have enjoyed like the quest line in the beginning, but now I'm just kind of like eh, Destiny's more fun or has more content or whatever. <laughs> I yeah. did. Oh, I throw I did really enjoy like um, the random conversations. I haven't noticed any recently, so I think I've heard them all. But like while I was working through the storyline, the random conversations that happened on the Vindicar, like with Kadigar showing up in Alaria and Torilon, and then mm. with. The- Tur- uh, Illyria and Varessa and you know 
Yeah, that's the one I was going to mention, the distinct one between Illyria and Verissa. That's a conversation that I wish we actually heard all of it. (laughs) Yeah, I really want to see. I hope we get to see like Illyria and Sylvanas meeting up at some point and how that goes. Well, it'll be interesting because you've got Void Elf Illyria with Undead Mm -hmm. Elf Sylvanas. It's, It's like Illyria can't judge she can't judge anymore. Yes, she can, because part of her thing is against the Horde specifically. No, but I mean, Illyria can't judge Sylvanas being who she is. Oh, yeah, not that part. But she, I can see her having a major issue with her being um, allied with the Horde. Not even just allied with the Horde, the Warship well, that's of true. the Horde. <laughs> yeah, kind of the leader She's now. Fair leader. Never mind allied. She's boss lady. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And... The final patch, which we're on now, is 7.3.2, which brought Argus, or Antorus, the Burning Throne. Bur- the Burning? The Burning Throne. <laughs> the Burning Throne. I am absolutely in love with this raid. Genuinely, I think it's, it's one of the best raids we've had in a long time. Nighthold is up there, but I'm putting Antorus up there, personally anyway. I'm, so far, I'm putting Antorus up there with uh, Ulduar-ish. Why? Why? Because I'm loving this raid, genuinely. Comparing to the Ulduar is like comparing something to like the best thing known to mankind. That's what I'm saying. It's not, it's, it's, it's up there. It's not replacing Ulduar. It's not Ulduar level yet, but it's, it's, it's approaching there from the bosses I've done. If if you're going to rate it so highly, you have to go into detail. I hope you realize that. Oh, I'm okay to do that. Go ahead. Sidetrack into a whole Ulduar discussion because I don't. Agree. No, I'm not talking about Ulduar. I'm talking about that uh, and Taurus because oh, I haven't okay. played at all like of any of it. Like I've done like one um, raid finder run, but that's besides that's it. And Taurus, so far the raid me- the mechanics are interesting. There's there's um, from the get go there's just interesting mechanics that are coming from all the bosses. Um, and there's a variety of mechanics. Yes, there's a variety of mechanics. It's not just different. the same. Yeah. Each fight has its own unique little thing with it, its own gimmick, as you were. But they're not gimmicky in the way that, okay, this is supposed to be kind of funny and it's or it's supposed to be kind of interesting. They are actually interesting. Um, perfect example, uh, Coven. I love the Coven fight. The fact I that it's too. bringing yeah. elements of each of the uh, the major titans from the Pantheon, with the exception of ENR, obviously. Um and it's just introducing them into one fight with three individual bosses that have their own interesting mechanics as well. Throwing that all together, it's the kitchen sink fight of this raid, but it's a good kitchen sink fight, and we don't see many good kitchen sink fights. Hmm. I've always wanted to fight a kitchen sink. A perfect example of a bad kitchen sink fight, we've already discussed it tonight, Botanist. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. for real. (laughs) So... We went from the extreme of botanist to the, another extreme of coven. It's 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 interesting how one expansion can show us the worst and the best of a style of boss fight. And there's like a tower defense map fight yeah. in there, like crazy. And I mean- oh, the Argus fight itself, oh, beautiful. <laughs> I like that they tried to do something different with A&R. I just, I don't like the fight. So That's that the much. only fight in there that I'm not keen on. It's weird. It's a it weird yeah. fight. It has a weird ending, but it's It decent. just abruptly ends. Like, 
we were fighting. We were doing the R in our fight, and it just ended. We had no clue it ended. We were still looking for mobs. That's <laughs> been every time for us too. We're like, oh, we're done. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was just so random and abrupt. Yeah. What do you think about the difficulty level? I mean, I think normal is a lot um, easier than the past raids have been this expansion. Yeah, I'm. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna definitely say that. I think normal is too easy at this point because like i said earlier we're clearing through one setting with alts that aren't even supposed to be geared for normal yet yeah that says something it's too easy normal i think normal difficulty is too easy i think the actual difficulty curve for this raid is pretty on point like it starts off really, really easy, and then by the time you get to Argus, you've built up it's built up enough to actually feel like a difficulty curve that you're progressing. But I think they need to bump up the difficulty a little bit on the normal fights. Uh, heroic so far seems okay. So far. <laughs> yeah, we were able to like one shot the first boss on heroic, but then the second boss, the third boss. I mean they seem to be taking more time and seem like the difficulties ramped up like, yeah, you know, a huge amount. The felt dogs annoy me specifically as a druid because they took away my uh, magic resist. So it hurts a lot. Welcome to the rest of us, bitch. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to be like the rest of you better. Here's the thing. Here's the best part. Demon Hunters went from the worst magic resist tanks in Nighthold to the best magic resist tanks in Antorus. Because uh, we have multiple magic resists. Did they well, nerf uh, Pally magic resist too? Uh, everyone, with the exception of Demon Hunters, I think now only has one baseline magic resist. Except Demon Hunters, we have one magic resist plus a all damage resist. Wow. Nice. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm loving this raid as a, as a Demon Hunter tank, genuinely. So much fun. Uh, it's just, it's like when t- 12 million health isn't enough, it's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and Chris, finally you have one note that you wanted to point out, an honorable mention or something uh, World of Warcraft-wise. Warcraft Chronicle Volume 2 got released. Everything you need to know from... Oh, where did it end off? Uh, everything you need to know from after the rise of the, the Pandarans through to the uh, beginning of the Third War. Um, and everything about Draenor in between is available for you to find out all about. And Volume 3 comes out in March, I believe, which will be Third War on. So, oh, Warcraft Chronicle is so good. I love Chronicle. And I don't think anyone else here has read it besides you, right? I don't think so. Yeah. Reading really hurts my brain. <laughs> I miss Gavril because he and I would be nerding out so hard right now. Yeah. I what mean, I want to read it, but I just don't have Is it, it. going to be on audiobook? Uh, no, probably not. It probably okay, wouldn't. Yeah. I think it's more of a reference guide. I don't it, know it, if it would it, read well. It, play, it reads more like an uh, encyclopedia and a story-driven it's more of a story-driven encyclopedia rather than a novel. I mean, you don't get, like, character conversations. Jaina doesn't say, hello to Kelagos. That doesn't happen. But you get all the major story events for from, like, the beginning of the Warcraft timeline, which is, like, a million years ago through to now. 
I mean, I have Gavril as my Chronicle, so I'll be fine. <laughs> Accurate. Let's move on to Diablo 3. Yeah, uh, Diablo Not 3, much. I think that there, you know, this year it was like, obviously Diablo 3 has hit kind of an end of life sort of situation where they're putting out very minor um, content patches and stuff for it. But uh, this past season 12, I know that they did balance and put in a huge balance change where most of the sets are now viable for, you know, high level competitive uh, greater rifting. Mm-hmm. So um that sounds really cool i haven't had a chance to jump in and see it for myself but um you know that sounded like a really good welcome addition to that game the good thing about the changes to the tier set uh, to the to the to the sets is just that rather than it being you have to play one type of character like uh say for example seven-sided strike monk was the only viable one for monk that's not a thing anymore because all of them are viable, and it's the first time really since the Diablo season system came in that we've seen that, that we can jump into whatever playstyle we want. And it's nice. I really like it. <laughs> yep. right. uh, Hearthstone. Hearthstone's this is going to have to be a Nikolai section. Nikolai, this uh, is on you, buddy. Hearthstone's yeah. had a big year. Do you want to tell us about Knights of the Frozen Throne first? Yeah, um, so Knights of the Frozen Throne um, was a really fun expansion. It was obviously based on, you know, the Lich King and all the, you know, Death Knight aspects. And each character got a Death Knight uh, card, or a card, and they all had, like, their own different abilities where you had to build the deck basically around them. And uh, it was, I mean, I, I thought that was probably one of their best uh, expansions because obviously has the iconic, you know, Lich King. Everyone loves the Frozen Throne in Warcraft and obviously Warcraft 3. So that was probably like one of their, you know, centerpieces for, you know, WoW history. So also, it was technically in- the introduction of a new class because the Death Knights felt different from the baseline classes they were played on. Well, they're meant to be superpowered classes. So, I mean, it, that basically what a Death Knight is, it's a hero class. It's meant to be like above what a actual class is. Even and- in WoW. Yeah. Did you like the cards himself or also? Yeah, no, the, I mean, that's, uh, that's what adventure? made really. I didn't really care about the adventure too much. I honestly, like, as far as like the dungeons go in like Cobalt and Calcombs, that's like significantly farther up on the, you know, interest scale that I have than, cause like, um, the actual gameplay, like going in and playing against other players, that's what really got me, uh, you know, with the different um, mechanics and different metas. That's what really got me interested with um, the Frozen Throne. But here, I literally have not even played against one single player. I've just been playing dungeons, like, compulsively. Well, so, let's talk about Cobalt's and Catacombs then. Yeah. So that, it's the newest expansion. It was announced at BlizzCon. It was released in December. What's your initial opinions of this expansion? I mean... Honestly, I didn't even like it at first. I didn't make it a connection. That was a uh, Dungeons and Dragons um, uh, reference. Like until you said something, like I was just like, "Oh, cool, Cobalt." So I don't. It's kind of strange to putting in that, but it is what it is. And, and then I'm like, "Oh, it. it makes sense now." And yeah, so <laughs> like, and the dungeon runs have a lot of like um, Dungeons and Dragons re- references and like different like um, cards you get and power ups that are like exactly what you would get in Dungeons and Dragons. So. um and it was really funny because basically, like the week before that got in, I actually kind of got into Dungeons and Dragons where I was, um, you know, working. And it was just a, just a really fun transition from, hey, you know, I'm actually, you know, doing some bullshit here that's actually Dungeons and Dragons. And then I come 
you know, back home and Hearthstone. Like, oh, well, we have Dungeons and Dragons expansion. Here you go. Yeah, the the whole idea of Cobalt and Catacombs, at least I and I think you guys will probably agree. I feel it was just a show of love to D and D players because let's be honest, over the last. I want to say maybe two or three years, D&D has went much more mainstream than what it has yep. been in the past. With the introduction of things like Critical Role, just popularizing the whole idea of Dungeons and Dragons. I know if it wasn't for Critical Role, I wouldn't be playing Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that. Because um, like in the 90s, that was just like, oh, you're like a super ultra nerd or some shit like that. So, And then yeah. suddenly you see people like Laura Bailey, Travis Willingham, Liam O'Brien just sitting in a setting in a TV studio playing Dungeons and Dragons for a living. It's great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and the social culture and all that really, like, normalizes, like, different things. So it makes sense once you start seeing, like, you know, people that you idol that aren't, like, super nerds. Yep. And you're like, oh, well, I don't have to be a super nerd to play this game? Okay, I could do that. And then you that brings be a regular nerd. Yeah. Hmm. But yes, right. big year for Hearthstone. Yep. You know, uh, it's been massive. And, like, let you know, talk a little bit about Heroes of the Storm. We're not going to go into too much on all of the heroes because 15 heroes have been released since the start of 2017 up till now. Well, let's talk about maybe our favorite ones that came out. Yes. Valera. Um, Valera for you? You really enjoying Valera? I haven't really played really much of Hearthstone at all. But from what I have, I mean, not, not Hearthstone. Heroes. Jesus, not heroes. <laughs> And um, yeah, so like from what I've have, because I've just been away for a while, and I don't like playing that game by myself, and just a lot of people haven't been playing it. So, um, but yeah, from what I when I have played, um, Valera was really fun, and they have made a huge uh, stealth rework, so it's kind of like interesting now. So, yeah, have you played her since the stealth rework? Yeah, I have, I have. It's weird, but it's still um viable. It's a lot more strategic now. Yeah. It's it's like your mindset is completely changed now because like it's a completely different mindset playing like a stealthy because I've been playing stealthies for a while so like you're kind of always expecting oh there's a good chance they can't see you they don't have like the hawk eye shit to see the little blur but now they can actually dead on see you so like but they have they made like for earlier I think a gap closer or something now yes, so like you always have for five seconds and, and that makes your it, belly, you have a gap closer. And that makes a huge difference. And now when you do stealth the first time, you like become invisible for like the first three seconds. If you don't yeah, and if yeah. you stand still, you'll become completely yeah, invisible. Exactly. So it, it, it really, I, I like those mechanics. It doesn't make it so like you kind of just completely broken and it's not viable at all. Because that, that's like your initial thought, like, oh they can see me, what's the point of this now? But they have made it work, you know. I have two heroes that I've been that I've been super excited about this year. Um, Lucio, uh, because he's my Overwatch main and he's and heroes, so I'm so happy. <laughs> and I love healing with Lucio. I love his playstyle. AKA what? Kevin told me not to. So damn it, <laughs> Lucio. Uh, with the I love the voice actor. I love everything about the character in Overwatch. So it's nice to see him heroes, and I think. He's one of the heroes of just... I think it's fair to say all the Overwatch heroes, they transition very well into Heroes of the Storm. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other one that I've been very excited about this year, Stukov. I love the fact that Stukov is finally in Heroes of the Storm. Wow. Well, I wasn't expecting it. Really? Were you not? Yeah, no. No, I'm a big Stukov fanboy. I love Stukov and StarCraft. And I Considering love you hate Russians, man. That's Considering <laughs> I hate the Russians. <laughs> 
I'm kidding. I don't. I don't hate the role. I hate the people that hate the gays. Because, but yeah, um, I love Stukov. He's great. Uh, the and he's very very weak early game. But once you build and if you build him correctly and you position yourself correctly, he is a dominant force in the next. And I absolutely he's just a huge love pin, yes. playing with him. Um, the whole idea of him being uh, Zerg infected, but he's using that to help other people. I think it's I think it's a great uh, character to have in the Nexus, and he fits in so many uh, compositions so well. I love him. He says um, sometimes a disease is the cure. It's <laughs> <laughs> one of my here. favorite lines. My special mention is Garrosh. I hate Garrosh. Um, I call him the pancake flipper. Because he flips me over his head like a pancake. I don't know. Yep, that's what he does. But um, yeah, I hate that mechanic. I wish they remove it. Yeah, he kind of screwed the meta over. Like that's just the meta now. It's really. I annoying. don't think I've done a ranked game where Garrosh hasn't been banned. Wow. <laughs> Genuinely, I don't think I've done a single ranked game where he hasn't been banned. It's just like if you hit that button, you win. And I don't like. He's it. either he's either first banned or second banned. And if he doesn't get banned, he's first pick. It's crazy. 100% of the time. Exactly. It's a broken meta. Yep. I do like Cassia. Um, Cassia's kinda, been interesting this year. It reminds me of like playing um, Vala, but like being a bit more tanky. Yeah. You know, kind of feeling like I, you know, if I screw up and get into melee range or whatever, I'm not going to instantly die like Vala does. But um, the blinds is really cool. And I found a, a niche in the meta i don't i don't know maybe a month or two ago where i was playing a ton of her and like winning most of my games because like people were just picking you know auto attack heroes and they didn't do shit against me oh yeah if if they're if it's an, if it's an attack auto attack heavy team she is 100% the counter her and artanis together and a lily oh my god you are the, you're an auto attacker's worst nightmare yeah um i will say i do think it's funny how Nova got the Amazon skin, and everyone mm. automatically said, "Oh, well, they're not going to bring the Amazon fifty three. They're not uh, fifty two. They're not going to do it." And then, like maybe, maybe four months later, so here's the Amazon fifty two. Yeah. Just because Nova has a skin for her doesn't mean she's not coming. Here she is. Have fun. <laughs> yeah. The only thing I could say is when Nova got the Widowmaker skin, obviously Widowmaker wasn't coming. That's a guarantee because it's literally Widowmaker. Exactly. Yeah. There is a difference there that it's literally Widowmaker. But it's like I'm the only so guarantee. annoyed with that skin, though, because they, they had such a great opportunity to bring Widowmaker into the Nexus by just giving Nova Widowmaker voiceover with that skin. That would mean such yeah, a good thing. Yeah, I don't understand why they didn't do the Nexus. Yeah, I don't understand why they couldn't make a legendary skin with a voiceover. That could have been so easy. Just make it a legendary, because it, it is a legendary skin, because it is a complete redesign of the character. Give her the voiceover and put it to that legendary status. Probably the legendary was like having a voiceover, having everything redone, not just the graphic arts um, part. part but that's what I'm yeah, saying. That is what it is. Give it the voiceover and then it is a legendary. That's mm-hmm. all it's missing. Um, Chris, other than Garrosh, what other hero from this list has really affected the meta? And you see what all hero the time? has really affected the meta that you see all the time? Um, Anna. Significantly Anna, really? so. Anna has significantly affected the meta because she, she was introduced when uh, when double healer was such a big focus on the meta, 
Um, and having an Anna plus, say, a Stukov or a Lucio or a Morales together with like a double support on the other team, you can completely counteract the other team's healing during a team fight just by throwing your grenade down. She was such a massive change to the healer meta that it's it's cha- it changed the way that you had to focus on healing. Uh, if there was an Anna, you needed to either shut her down or make sure you picked a ranged support so that you could be at the back, away from everyone else, and still put out enough throughput. Uh, or you had to do significant CC to keep her down. Anna was such a massive change to the healer meta. See, I was thinking Diva actually, because I've seen Diva played a lot, and just you know, she's a powerful only... hero, being able to kind of break her ship and still be alive. Playing mostly in Europe, I've only ever seen one person play Diva, and that's my friend Ben. He's the best okay. Diva I've ever seen, but I've only I only ever see him play Diva. And yes, he is such a mass Diva is such a massive um annoyance, annoyance tank. Yeah. yeah, she is there to be an annoyance and she fits that role perfectly. But you because you've went with because the double healer meta is so prominent, and even with the healer nerfs that they tried to that they're given all the healers, the heal, double healer meta is still very prominent. Um you can't justify a solo tank diva and a double healer meta. You cannot justify it. You either need a full on tank and a bruiser or a full on tank and two DPS. You cannot justify a diva 99% of the time. Because hmm. <clears throat> right. she doesn't and, do enough damage to justify it. And with Anna, I think anytime you have a, a hero that's like really skilled, um, you know, based. It's yeah. always going to um, break the meta because there's always going to be those players that are going to push that skill cap to the very farthest, and it's going to make it to the point where it's an okay hero to when it's like a broken hero. Completely, completely. Let's move on to Overwatch. Um, we saw Arissa, Doomfist, and Moira join uh, Overwatch. Um, any thoughts about those heroes? I like Arissa and Doomfist. I personally don't like Moira. I played her at BlizzCon didn't enjoy her, thought she felt very, very weird. And Adam, who's also a support meme, felt the same. Um, but he enjoyed her. It was, he, he, to him, she felt weird, but a fun weird. To me, she felt weird, but a not fun weird. You know what I mean? <clears throat> I mean, I love Arissa. I play her all the time when I play Overwatch. I love throwing a shield down and then just like shooting a machine gun. It is, it's so fun. And having a pull mechanic, too, works awesome. Arlie, you've been very quiet. What do you think about these three? (laughs) Um, Well, I don't actually play Overwatch that much, but I don't know. I haven't... I did play Orisa a little bit, and she's fun. But I haven't played Mora, but I like the concept of Mora. Like, the whole idea of how she works in my brain seems interesting. She's a Decibon Priest, which I think we all agreed is why I suck at her. (laughs) all right um let's move on to starcraft which is now free to play yeah and uh gavril had actually mentioned that the co-op missions are really good that came out this year um and i know that he's played a few with nikolai and chris how um do you guys agree with him on that i think the co-op mission is one of the best things that they brought starcraft I literally kept the game alive for like a yeah. un, like outside of competitive zone. 
Um, because obviously the story's finished. They said they were going to do episodic story modes. They've only done the Nova one, and it wasn't well received. Let's be quite honest; it was not well received. Yeah, I was. I mean, it was okay, but it wasn't anything crazy. Um, it just not enough like story, or like they split it up into three acts. Um, but the acts were like months apart. Three, four months release. That's not good. Um, and the amount of story within each of the acts was maybe three or four missions. I honestly would have waited like a year and had all of that like together. Then yeah, yeah. I feel like having it all conjoined together into one would have been significantly better. Would have made it much better received. Um, but also, I think folk- the thing with StarCraft is something like that where you're focusing on one hero. They needed to make it feel more like a solo co-op mode rather than just another StarCraft mode. Rather than just another StarCraft story, because the way with co-op mode is, you actually feel like your your hero is your hero is doing something. Your hero is important, but with the Nova story, it just felt like another StarCraft story arc, rather than something focused on Nova. The story was focused on her, but the gameplay wasn't at all. Hmm. Kind of sucked because of it. Agreed, Nikolai. Yeah, I mean, it's like if they did a kind of more of a Kerrigan route, it would have been cooler. Yes, exactly. Because Ker- when they did this Heart of the Swarm, it, everything was built around Kerrigan. It was very yeah, Kerrigan oriented. So if they made it more like that, that would have been way better. You had special abilities, unique mobs. Everything, like the entire gameplay, was built around Kerrigan being a badass bitch. But Nova, you just felt like, okay, I'm another ghost unit. Actually, do her a lot more justice in the co-op. They do her a lot more justice. If it was the co-op Nova that we played and the actual uh, story missions, it would have been great. Honestly, I-, I wouldn't have been complaining. All right, moving on to Destiny Two. Um, this was the first Blizzard non-Blizzard game launched in the Blizzard uh, BattleNet launcher, um, and it. Well, it came out, and the first expansion has been released so far. Um, yep. What are your guys... I'm interested to start off by talking to Nikolai, who kind of picked this game up because we were playing it, kind of not knowing too much. So kind of unjaded by all of the drama going on, Nikolai, what do you think of Destiny 2? I have literally feel like I've had the same thing with like every single game this year because I've been just like on and off so much that I haven't really gotten the full like effect of hatred, I guess, for them. Because I just come in for a couple of weeks, enjoy the crap out of something, and then leave content. Like right now, fucking Destiny, fucking love. I have no idea why people hate it. Like I see all this like nasty remarks and shit. I get it. Like with some things, I do get it. But I just, I'm enjoying the crap out of it. If I enjoy the crap out of it for a month, I think I've gotten my money's worth, even with the expansion and everything. Yeah, you know? I just. I would agree with that. As the way I see it. Uh, as long as I get uh, as long as I get about 20 hours worth of uh, solid gameplay where I'm having a good time from a game the $60 I'm happy there you go um, <laughs> don't get me wrong it has its problems and I think we'll all agree Destiny has its problems but I think the level of hatred that's coming for it right now is a bit over a bit too much 
Like I can understand what what happened with fucking Battlefront two and stuff. Like I get that. Oh, like, the pay to one game, yeah. Oh yeah, no. Like I understand that completely. But Destiny is far from that. Like like far far from that. Like they have obviously some like customization things that cost like six thousand dollars if you want everything. But that's that's bullshit. Like that's not really going to impact you know the gameplay too much. Obviously, mm-hmm. they've made a lot of mistakes as far as making this game amazing to making it like just fun and just enjoyable. But at the same time, it's just like, I don't know. It's, I've played Destiny 1 on the console for like I, until I leveled and then I got bored because there was no end game. But I mean, from leveling, I had fun. So I feel like I got my money's worth even in Destiny 1. I obviously didn't play a whole lot. Maybe I played like a week or two. But it's still, you know, I, I buy games or play games for enjoyment. If I get that enjoyment, you know, the game succeeded. If I don't, obviously it hasn't. Yeah. But the thing is, with Destiny, it was. The story mode in Destiny was very good, at least in my opinion. I know there are some people that have complained about it and don't think it's that great, but to me, the story mode for Destiny is one of the best things about it. And at the same time, if you listen to all the reviews, they said, while it's good, it's great. While it's bad, it's bad. Like, I mean, like at the end of it, yeah, it's bad, but at the end of it, you really don't expect much of it. Like, you know, you've paid the money, you've had your experience. I guess people are trying to milk their money, I guess, more for what it is sometimes. And they have like higher expectations for other games and other games don't, you know, come up to, you know, snuff, even if they screwed up. I think the problem is things like Legion, where launch of Legion, there was so much fucking content. Oh my God. Legion was like the greatest thing, like the first half of it. Like, cause I, I, I missed, like, I think all of the, um, the one with the lady boss with the violet one. Yep. Is it? Yeah. I missed that whole one completely because I was gone and like I missed a whole lot of ones. But every time I was back, I literally did not feel like I had enough time to do everything I was supposed to do. But that's what I'm saying. With the launch of a game like Legion, where there is just so much content, especially the fact that it's on the same platform as Legion, it's, it's up to the player's expectations. Although it's from a different company, it's on the same platform. You'd expect the same expectation. You expect the same level of polish coming from it. I wouldn't go that far as to expect, you know, something from Activision that. It's not from Activision. No, I mean. Bungie. 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 Yeah, Bungie. Yeah, that's kind of uh, Battlefront too. I mean, if you compare the story mode of like Destiny to, um, if you compare it to like. Um, Borderlands, for example, which had a huge story mode, you know, that went on forever and ever. And it took you like a solid like week to like play it or even not a solid week, but it took like several hours to play it. This story I got through in maybe like a weekend. I literally went through the entire story in a weekend. That doesn't seem like a lot of content, but I've still had a lot of fun playing the game. Yeah, like it might the the story might have not been like you know, a lot or anything, but the, you know, the level, extra level, the more, the extra gear you get for the weeks and weeks after, cause you don't really, I don't, unless like, I don't gear up that fast. So like all that just, I think it was worth it for me. Like this extra 20 bucks, just, I don't know. Yeah. Arlie, what about you? I know that you haven't played too much, but what have you liked or disliked of what you've seen so far? Um, well, like I'm still working through the main story from the base game, so I've been really enjoying that. It's interesting to me, and I'm having a lot of fun with it. And like I think, from what I've seen, it is the story is way better than what they had in Destiny. 
Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I've been kind of looking on the outside on the expansion and I'm kind of on the same opinion as people that it should not have been called an expansion. It's just, it's not what anybody thinks of an expansion in any game. Like I would agree with that. Yeah. So I think that's where they got themselves mostly um, in trouble is their terminology. Like even if they had said it was a $20 DLC, I don't think people would have been about as mad about it as they were. It's, it all comes down to naming and marketing. It's the same like when when Diablo first came out, Diablo 3, when it first came out, they marketed the fuck out of it to make it feel like an MMO. But it's not an MMO, and that's one of the reasons there was a lot of big problems with it. Mm-hmm. Well, there's still a lot of people who kind of look at Destiny uh, 2 as an MMO, and that's a argument that goes on between, mm-hmm. like, not even this game, but, like, all the games. There's a slew of games that kind of fit in the same niche where there's, like, a main lobby where you run into people, and then you see people maybe out in the world, but it's not quite the scale as um like you know world of warcraft or guild wars 2 or any of that so yeah. people argue over like what the qualification of massively is <laughs> so um i don't know i think that's a just a community thing of people trying to figure out where it fits and what it should be compared to um i also know a lot of people so since most mmos are rpgs um, often anything that's kind of considered an MMO, people can compare the amount of content you get to RPGs. And a lot of RPGs, especially big studio RPGs, you pay $60 and you get like 85 to like 130 worth of um, hours of story. So that's another thing people kind of compare to. Yeah. That's an interesting thought because, yeah, it's not really an rpg although i feel like it's trying to be but just offering you know a fourth or a a tenth of the content Mm -hmm. all right uh chris let's move on to the favorite things your favorite thing of the year uh favorite things of the year uh let's see i uh, and the introduction of Lucio and Heroes was one of the big things. That that was definitely up there for one of the things I was very happy about this year. Um, and just the general progression of the WoW story. I know we had that little blip with the Broken Shore, but the overall progression so far of um, just the introduction of Legion, just the start of everything, the side quests with the with the Nightborn and the and the Nightmare. Moving into just a full-on assault against the Legion, and then to Argus, it was the story progression for me has just been one of the best things we've seen from Blizzard this year. Yeah, yeah, I can definitely agree with that. I mean, it actually got me interested in the story, whereas when I was playing Warlords of Drainer, I couldn't care less about the story, <laughs> other than like an opening cut screen. All right, um, let's go to Arlie. What's your favorite thing of the year? Um, my favorite thing, honestly, was like getting to Argus and getting Illyria back and all of that, and just the expanding of the story. Like, I know they've gotten some flack for like dropped storylines and whatnot, but I've been really enjoying what story has been there. 
And we didn't even mention the power couple this year, did we? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to mention um, it in the audio drama. <laughs> and then just raiding in general. I've been loving the raids, this expansion, which is awesome. So, Nikolai? Yes. So, and like in general or a while? Yeah, in general. Well, in general, I mean, really, it was my favorite part was probably wow. Like Legion, it was fantastic for, you know, for most of it. Um, like, I really, really enjoyed uh, the Shadow Priest reworks that they did because they really sucked in Draenor and it was just really refreshing to have that rotation and working with insanity and all that stuff. Like that was probably my favorite part about WoW. And I'm um, just in general, um, Hearthstone was awesome. Obviously kept me entertained for most of the year uh, on my phone, especially. And, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Starcraft had great um, commander mode. We played a lot with, I played a lot with uh, Gavril uh, that killed a lot of time. And then, you know, towards the end of the year, Destiny came out. That's pretty fun, but it's not Blizzard related. It's still on the same, you know, spectrum. Um, Blizzard platform. That's what we're talking. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, just in overall, it was a great year for these games. Um, Excited to see what happens in um, this new PvP expansion, basically. So it's not a PvP. All right, I want to keep calling it a PvP expansion (laughs) until I see more freaking uh, PVE. uh, There's PvP in the. They're not going to spoil PVE. I know, I know, but I'm saying, like, for right now, it just looks like a PvP expansion. You Dude, know I mean. the first raid is a Titan facility. That is not PvP. All right. All right, moving on. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go into mine. Uh, raiding in general, I agree with Arlie. I like the ability to raid and the fact that we had some very interesting and dynamic fights to go through. Um, even if there were some nights where I wanted to bash my head through the screen because we kept dying the entire night. Um, which, quote, is raiding, but it, quote, not fun. All right. Um, getting my achievements this year also were two of the things that I did that uh, were very interesting, Merrymaker and Hollow's End. I'm glad that I actually took the time to not um, try to continue to grind my character and actually did some achievements. That was really fun. Um, Destiny was fun. And this year I played uh, Borderlands, which um, I know it came out in 2012, but um, I wasted, I think, about 40 hours on that game. Um, really, really fun game. Tons of story. That probably really prepped you for Destiny. It did. Um, and I actually went back and played Borderlands a little bit when I started playing Destiny because I kind of missed that uh, variety of guns. And I think they, I think the gun system in that game was just way better than even what they have in Destiny now. But um, it is what it is. And final shout-outs to the audio drama, which came out. Um, the Torellian and Valyria. Is it? Illyria. Torellian and Illyria. Torellian and Illyria. So, um, that audio drama was really cool, and it was nice how like they show up in-game, and then they give you this whole audio, audio drama background to kind of fill in the gaps of time of what they were doing or what was happening while they weren't there. And... um. Yeah, I was really cool. It was really cool how like um they did that and added to the existing storyline in WoW and um so much so that we did, you know, some episodes about it earlier. So the audio really dramas like that. that they've done over the last 2 years have been amazing. Genuinely the the introduction Legion one uh back before the expansion came out and then obviously the 1000 year story for Terralion and Illyria. They've upped their game in storytelling this year. 
Definitely. I wish they would figure out how they can put that into the game and have it feel more organic instead of having to have it be outside of the game. I'm I so that's going to open up another kind of worms. I don't have a problem with having outside sources for Sir material as long as it's not all outside sources. I mean, that was one of the biggest problems with the original Destiny. All of the story content was really outside the game, or all the lore was outside the game. At least with WoW, you get the majority of it in the game. Then you've got um, expansion connection novels, you've got audio dramas that's just side stuff Hmm. that you don't really need to experience the game. Okay. I think it's not a bad thing. If they do it right, it's not bad. If they do it if they do it right, it's it's very good. Yeah, I agree. That could be a whole show's topic in and of itself. All right, um, let's move on to don't do that. Chris, is there anything that you should remind people not to do in game? If you want to join a raiding group or a raiding guild, even a casual one, put in some effort to your gear, gems, and enchants. You know, if you want to actually raid, you know, do some stuff outside of raiding to get some gear for yourself. Make sure yeah. you're gem- Make sure you're fully gemmed. Make sure you're enchanted. Make sure you've got food. Make sure you've got goddamn flask. <laughs> Don't have your raid leader have to give you all that shit because you're not putting in the goddamn effort. Mm-hmm. You just will not be in that raiding group for long. Yeah, it is kind of a pet peeve of mine now that I am raiding where people are not playing the game outside of just going into the raid. And then... That's you know- fine, but as long... That's fine. Not playing the game, just uh, only raiding is fine. Just make sure you're enchanted and gemmed and you have your food and you have your extra rolls and you have all of that. That Just be prepared for when you are raiding. Yep. Um, Nikolai, what about you? Anything that you shouldn't do? Uh, don't listen to Chris's limericks. Hey, there is <laughs> nothing wrong. Can I, can I do a limerick? No, uh, no, at the no, end no, of the show, no, no, I told no. you you could do one. Okay, I'm all doing right. a fucking limerick. All right. <laughs> Um, Arlie? Um, so don't be like me and leave your loot spec on the wrong spec when you do Argus and get the wrong um, specs uh, trinket, because that sucks. Oh, you got the Argus trinket it was the wrong spec? Oh, honey. Yep. I got the balance one, and which is useless for me. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sorry to hear oh. that. I just want to give you a big hug. <laughs> And my don't do that is actually in regards to Arlie, who uh, did this to me recently. But um, it was an accident. She was my druid flying me around. Well, I was flying on her back. She was her owl thingy, owl bird thingy, whatever the hell it is. Um, And I had to go AFK. And I was like, all right, just don't drop me from a huge height so that I die. And um, on my phone, I get a text message and it says, um, yeah, you're in the water and currently drowning. And it wasn't like, sorry, it wasn't like, um, I hate to say this, but it was just like, yeah, you're in the water now. This is happening now. (laughs) Yeah, like this is now happening. You're dying. (laughs) I'm like, uh, all right, let me run back to my computer (laughs) and save myself. In my defense, I just wanted to communicate really quickly so you could get back and take care of it quickly. I didn't want to waste time on sorry. (laughs) Well, um, and I didn't yeah. drop you from a high height into the water. So, no, you, just, you gently she laid me into the water to die. <laughs> she she did it accidentally. It was I accidentally. do that shit on purpose. Okay, because it's funny. Well, now that you can't drop people from heights, 
Arlie has found a way to kill people if you're a druid and people are by drowning them. Yeah, by drowning them. (laughs) All right. um, Thank you for adding that to my repertoire, uh, Arlie. I appreciate that. (laughs) No problem. (laughs) Now Chris is going to stealth drown people when they're AFK. Awesome. Yep. All right. Uh, Chris, I think it's time for the outro. So. That's our show, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, if you would like to talk to us during the week outside of this mess that is a podcast, uh, you can find us on Twitter. The show is AzerothCTC. Kevin is Swingcat with a K. I am Akari underscore Mag. Gav is at Gavril underscore ET with two eyes. Arlie, where can we find you? Uh, at Arlie82 on Twitter. Awesome. And Nikki, where can we find you? Oh, I don't know, Facebook and stuff, or uh, from, uh, <laughs> Twitter, I guess. I don't really have any of those things. Uh, Fair enough. I, that's fine. I mean, I have them. I just don't use them. I just use them for my own personal entertainment, not for like social media. That's fine. You can email the show at azerothctc at gmail.com. You can visit our website, which is now regularly being updated, apparently, <laughs> at azerothctc.com. Uh, please shoot us a review on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, all that good stuff. We do love hearing from you people. So if you want to, you know, communicate, tell us we suck, tell us we're great, do that. It's fun. You suck. <laughs> and with that, I leave you with a limerick. <laughs> um, there's a, I one of my friends bought me a limerick book. It's the same one that Talison bought Sam Regal on Critical Role. So I'm enjoying I'm that. I'm sl- I've been See skimming through it. Favorite one. <clears throat> there was an old man named Brewster who said to his wife as he kissed her, It used to be grand, but just look at my hand. You ain't wiping as clean as you used to. Good night, ladies and gentlemen. Good night. Merry <laughs> Christmas. <laughs>